Hey guys, uh, Sean Pruitt here, uh, president of Kingdom Exploration. I got a lot of news to discuss about the oil and gas, uh, what's happening in the oil and gas industry. Uh, please subscribe if you're in interested in this channel. Now, what's on everyone's mind is how is Putin going to respond? And that should be very uh, important to you if you follow the price commodity of crude oil. Okay. And so the biggest driving factor of oil prices over the last 12 months has been the Russian invasion, and we're about to come on the one-year anniversary of that invasion. And so out of all of the market analysts and everything that happened, the greatest factor in oil prices was Putin simply uh, invading Ukraine. Now, it made him very rich by doing that. I mean, he made billions and billions of dollars for Russia by simply dropping bombs in Ukraine. But now it's becoming even more damaging with the sanctions, uh, with everything that is happening. And now the war is becoming even more expensive, okay? And so I'm going, going to be talking about that and how that affects commodity prices, okay? So right now, uh, oil prices, right now, oil prices, uh, let's refresh this. Right now, oil prices, WTI crude is 79.57, and Brent crude is 86.46, okay? Now, before I get into that whole Russian thing and what's happening there, I wanted to cover some uh, data. In its latest forecast, the IEA has projected a demand to rise 1.9 million barrels per day to 101 uh, 101.7 million barrel a day demand. That's the highest oil demand has ever been worldwide. An upgrade from its previous forecast of 1.7 million barrel a day increase. The IEA's monthly oil market report OMR forecast shows a supply outstripping demand by nearly 1 million barrels a day in current quarter and in the second quarter again marginally. Before a flip, demand in the third and fourth quarters will be 1.6 million barrel a day and 2.4 million barrel a day, respectively, above supply. It said the IEA cautioned that uh, what the timing and pace of a Chinese demand recovery and a Russian supply resilience will affect its forecast. So they're saying by the fourth quarter, there's going to be a 1.6 to 2.4 million barrel a day deficit. Okay, so if oil prices are... 80-something dollars a barrel now. Imagine what's going to happen at the last quarter of this year. The IEA called Russia a wild card, noting that the production merely dipped in December when the EU import ban and G7-led price cap came into force, but it said this will change after the EU bans imports of Russian refined products in early February when Moscow's apparent move to increase refinery throughput and store significant amounts of oil will be challenged, okay? So it's impossible to store that much oil. You got to shut wells in at that point, okay? And when you shut wells in, it causes a problem on the infrastructure because wells never come back as strong as they did before. It's going to be very difficult for them. Uh, the IEA forecasts that around 1.6 million barrel a day of Russian production will be shut in by the end of the first quarter compared to with pre-war levels. And this will reduce output to 9.7. So we're going to lose about 1.3 million barrel a day of Russian oil, okay? In addition to the fact that our demand for oil is increasing. I mean, if oil prices don't go to $100 a barrel by the end of this year, I don't know what. And Goldman Sachs sees oil prices heading to $100 a barrel by the third quarter of 2023 for good reason, 
Okay. Uh, oil prices rose about 2% on Thursday. Okay, yesterday. Expectations that the global demand will strengthen as top oil imported China reopens its economy on a positive U.S. economic data. So the U.S. economy is looking like it's starting to, well, I wouldn't say so much recover, but it's better than what everyone was saying. Okay, the doom and gloom of the recession wasn't near as bad as they thought. The U.S. economy grew faster than expected in the fourth in the fourth quarter. Crude prices got an unexpected boost from the U.S. economy that doesn't want to break, said Edward Moya, senior market analyst, data and analytics from Oanda. Um, momentum grows for oil, but recession fears cap gains. So as you saw there, oil went from 80-something dollars a barrel down to 79 for that reason. Okay. Oil traders betting Fed can produce a soft landing, with some investors saying the economic data suggests there is more resilience in the economy than is being talked about. Some are already calling it a Goldilocks situation. In other words, investors see the economy as decelerating, but not falling off a cliff as many had anticipated just a week ago. What this means is that the investors now feel the Fed may be able to pull off a soft landing if there is a recession. We feel that oil prices can surge if the fear of recession is dampened or eliminated okay so here's the thing here's the thing all of this recession fear and everything that they were saying was causing market sell-offs it was causing the, the driving the markets down especially for the uh precious crude uh commodity of oil and they were expecting a very rough landing but now the fed now oil traders are betting on a soft landing okay and so with the china demand increasing with the loss of Russian crude with the in, increase, increasing of oil demand worldwide uh, and the production, U.S. production declining, and with the fact that the economy is doing better than we expected, it's going to cause oil prices to rally. Now, here's the deal. Fundamentals had nothing to do with oil prices over the last 12 months because if it was if it was based on fundamentals be $130 oil now you have the fundamentals even getting stronger building a stronger case for oil but now now you have the financials getting on board on the commodity train because of the fed rate hikes not being as uh, damaging to the commodity okay uh and 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 now they're starting to think it's going to be a soft landing and they're seeing that the economy is actually doing better than expected and so whether the fundamentals catch up or the the financials and the fear of everything uh, uh declines we're gonna see some serious uh volatility in oil and it's on the upside okay uh now stuff like this just is hilarious to me french bank commits to reducing oil and gas lending by 80%. Way to go, French Bank, to do your part in uh, global warming. Uh, French Bank BNP Paribas has made a commitment to reduce lending to the oil and gas industry by 80% by 2030 as part of entering a new phase in its decarbonization efforts. Now, either that guy got a visit from John Kerry and got a check, or... He's just simply in the green energy initiative and the saving the world uh, cult. I mean, it's a religion at this point, guys. It, look, they the the problem with green energy. I don't have a problem with green energy. I mean, if you could replace fossil fuels, and if I could if I could plug in my toaster and my television using green, then I would I would choose green over oil. But the problem is there's just not enough of it. 
you can't oil demand is growing every single day because we use it everything that we purchase is affected by oil everything okay we need it but the problem is we're we're, we're jumping ship too quickly and everyone's saying you know we got oil i mean we we got enough oil at this point and green energy is going to replace it and so we just think we just keep run, we'll just keep producing oil that we've already found let's not invest anymore in the commodity see the oil declines much faster then the transition from fossil fuels to green energy, and people are starting to see that now. That's why the markets are the tightest they've ever been. It took the European crisis, it took Putin cutting off oil from, from Europe for us to finally wake up. It took the, 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 the crashing of Sri Lanka for us to finally wake up. And Ukraine is getting a taste of that because their energy infrastructure is getting taken out by, by Putin. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, OPEC set to, to keep oil production unchanged. And so the uh, OPEC isn't looking to increase output and they're not looking to decrease, okay? They think oil prices are stable. They don't think they have to do anything to interfere, okay? Now that could all change. Uh, now, the question on everyone's mind, how will Putin respond to the West sending tanks to Ukraine uh, from Turkey ties to Kyiv uh, nuclear threat? Now, here's the deal. Putin is taking—we're sending tanks into Ukraine, uh, uh, America is, okay, uh, the Abrams tanks. And then uh, Germany's sending in tanks, and Poland is sending in tanks, and, the, and several other countries are sending in certain kinds of weapons, okay? Many people are getting involved. Putin is taking uh, this as a direct threat from America, Okay, so he's escalating his threats. He's 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 threatening nuclear war. He's making all sorts of threats. Okay, now I wanted to go over what some military personnel is saying that they think um, Putin's options are. Okay, number one, deploy T fourteen super tanks. Okay, and I could go into detail about what these tanks can do. I mean, they're very damaging and they're they're superior to a lot of the tanks that are out there. Okay, uh, the other uh, thing is order. More missile strikes, okay? Uh, the most likely scenario, according to Dr. Martin uh, Moran, Hanarchy Research Fellowship at King's College London, would be an intensification of an entire war in Ukraine. That would mean more airstrikes with everything short of nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons to destroy Ukrainian Ukrainian infrastructure with a turn uh, would affect Kyiv's military operations. And I think Russia will intensify the operation to reach their military objectives in the eastern region of Donbass before the tanks arrive in Ukraine, she added. I don't think that they will be trying to recapture cave. Quite frankly, I think they will try to destroy it. Okay. Now, they've already dropped uh, uh, since the decision to send tanks in from Germany and America and all the other support. They've actually uh, 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 sent in about 70 rockets. Okay. Uh, and I think only 20 actually hit uh, the, the, the target. Okay. And most of it was to take out uh, uh, vital infrastructure, mainly energy, okay? Now, I don't know what the effects of that is, and there's a lot of information rolling around, but this is not what this video is about. It's more about what is Putin thinking and what he's going to do. And I have my thoughts, okay? And, and, and that's what I'm going to end this video with. And <clears throat> I'm not hearing this from anyone else, but I think this is his only option. Um, and so the other thing is, is that, Plot a coup, okay? A coup meaning um, going into Ukraine and start getting people to turn on their own government and send in his guys, and it's a long process, and uh, uh, turn the entire Ukrainian uh, country over to Putin internally that way, okay? That's a possibility, okay? 
and then of course risk of nuclear war all right okay so here's the deal and I want to get you guys to understand the desperate situation that Putin is uh, is in okay and so since since you've got Germany you've got America you've got several countries backing Ukraine right now okay the largest is America America is the only country that could print as much money as they want okay? We started doing this. The Vietnam, the Vietnam War is when we realized how important it was to be able to print as much money as we want because we were able to build a mass of, of the largest military power in a very short period of time, okay? And so fast forward today, we, we just print as much money as we want. And so Putin was concerned about America getting involved, and that's why he made all those threats. Hey, America, stay out of this. I got nuclear bombs. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to cut you off from oil. All these threats. Okay. Now here we are. Now Putin realizes that there's no way he could, there's no way he could compete with that. There's no way that he can amass enough capital, enough support. I mean, he's calling in 300,000 troops. I mean, it's destroying the morale of his country. These Russians don't want to fight against Ukrainians. They uh, there there's been many protests. I mean, he's trying to uh, uh, control uh, the the. The, the uproar and the anti-military campaigns that are in, in Russia because the, the, the troop, the Russian troops, the morale is, is, is very bad. Okay. So the, the, the morale in, in, in the Russian troops is down. The, the Russian, uh, there's many people that are uh, asking Putin to step down. The, Putin cannot outspend America. He can't out in, in compete with all the other countries getting involved. So he can't afford to keep going at this. And if you look here, Russian oil exports plunged by 820,000 barrels of oil last week. Okay. Um, Russian oil exports are dropping. All right. Now in, in, in the sanction and many, and there's, and there's many other sanctions that are kicking in that are going to hurt uh, Putin's uh, oil exports. I mean, the EIA is estimating that they're going to lose about 1.5 million barrel a day from Russia. So, they're losing revenue. In addition, they're having to increase the amount of money they're spending in Ukraine just to be able to compete with uh, with America and Germany and everyone else and everything else that everyone else is contributing. Okay. Now, if you look here, this is oil prices from January of 2022 to January of 2023. Now, if you see this major spike here to $135 oil, the biggest contributing factor was the Russian uh, invasion from Ukraine. Okay. That was the biggest factor in higher oil prices. So Putin knows that his greatest Putin knows the greatest effect on his income was related to war and him upping the ante. Okay. But now the wow factor of invading Ukraine is over. Now, now this is a, this is turning into a long, slow demise of Putin's economy. And if he pulls out, he's going to lose his power. I mean, the the, the previous leadership in Russia uh, was was uh, they lost their power simply because they lost wars. Okay, the former Soviet Union uh, was 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 destroyed, and then they lost power. So Putin has more than just the economy riding on this. He has his 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 uh, uh, a presidency to be concerned about. So he can't just pull out right now. Okay, the smart move would be, okay, America's getting involved, Germany's getting involved, these guys are going to fund and back Ukraine, and they got 100% of American support, and so now, I, there's just, 
unless I'm going to use a nuclear bomb, which he's not going to nuke anybody. If you get nukes involved, it's game over. Now the entire world hates you. You don't have the support of China anymore. You don't have the support of India anymore. No one's going to buy your oil anymore. You are done financially. You are done, and in, in, in it just takes one nuclear bomb from America, okay? It's game over for these guys, all right? So nuclear is not an option here, okay? He was just hoping to just send in some tanks and some missiles, take Kyiv easily and, 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 and get rid of the uh, NATO, but now NATO is coming after him hot and heavy. So, okay, so here's the deal. Putin knows that the most important thing at this point is to start another war somewhere else because the, the wow factor is gone. He could up his rhetoric. He could drop. I mean, he dropped. He just dropped 70 missiles. OK, you didn't see a major spike in oil prices as where when he sent his troops in uh, back in what? When was this? That was in uh, uh, February uh, 23rd. So that was February uh, 22nd or 23rd or whenever that was oil prices jacked up to 135 from, uh, $98 a barrel. Okay. Now it, it climbed, uh, to this height from 77 to almost a hundred dollars a barrel simply because he was making threats that he was going to invade Ukraine. And then he invaded Ukraine and then it jumped another $30 per barrel. So oil prices skyrocketed simply because he invaded but if he would have started with 70 bombs, oil prices would have went up to 200, 150 to $200 a barrel. But, they, but this time he did, and nothing happened, okay? So he needs another war, all right? Now, here's where we, here's where, humor me for a second here, okay? Now, let's read some news here, and I'll tell you what I'm thinking, all right? Now, tensions are rising. Tensions are rising. The Houthis have launched what they uh, call warning shots at PLC-controlled oil and gas infrastructure, leading to a halt in oil exports. They say oil sales can resume when they and their forces are paid their share of revenues, okay? So the Houthi rebels want money. That's it. They just want money. In, re in, in retaliation, the government sought to halt fuel imports in the Houthi-controlled Red Seaport of Hodeya. But Riyadh stopped it. But Riyadh stopped it. Both sides are reportedly building up forces and military equipment around key front lines. Okay? So right now, you've got Saudi Arabia and the Houthi rebels. They're at a standstill right now. They're firing warning shots. Now, here's the deal. The Houthi rebels only care about getting money. Most people, you know, if, if, if I was out there, I wouldn't even want to be in that war. And because I have a family, okay, I, I, I have a different kind of upbringing. I mean, the money that I make, it's to provide for my family. These guys, they only care about money. That's it. They only care about money and power and respect. That's it, okay? And so they're just looking for a paycheck, all right? Now, the risk of a renewed war is uncomfortably high. Some within the Houthi camp lean toward another offensive, uh, though for now, while probably stronger than their rivals, the Houthis... Uh, starved of funds and their forces are weakened. Alternatively, they might strike a deal with the Saudis on a salary payment, extend the truce, and use the money and the time and regroup. Okay. Now, here's the deal they are holding out for money from Saudi Arabia. That's the only reason why they have a truce right now. That's it. End of story. So, in other words, the Houthi rebels are up for hire. They're only doing they're only doing this for money. Okay, that means they could be easily motivated to change their minds at any moment 
by being the highest bidder. Okay. Now you think about it. Now I want you under, I want you to get in Putin's mind for a second. Okay. Now Saudi Arabia remains China's top oil supplier despite rising Russian imports. Okay. Now Saudi Arabia just signed a massive amount of contracts with China. Okay. Uh, uh, Saudi Arabia was again the single biggest oil supplier to China in 2022, despite a surge in Chinese purchases of crude from Russia, which stayed second placed on the list of top suppliers to the world's largest crude oil import. China imported around 1.75 million barrels per day of crude oil from Saudi Arabia in 2022. Chinese oil purchases from Russia averaged 1.7 million barrels a day last year up by 8% compared to 2021. Now think about this. Putin, here's Putin fighting a war, okay? Putin is fighting a war with Ukraine. He's starting to think, there's no way I'm going to be able to win this war because now Ukraine has the support of America, has the support of Germany. Um, the whole world is calling me a butcher. I'm losing the support of my country. Our economy's faulting, uh, faltering. We're losing, ex I mean, my, our ability to sell oil is limited. Uh, the only buyers of my oil is mainly China and India, and um, it's shrinking. My ability to sell oil is, sh is, is shrinking because of the price cap. Uh, the sanctioning is really kicking in. The EU uh, oil embargo and the EU uh, products embargo is about to kick in. I mean, and he's going to have to spend even more money on the war, and the war is not going effectively the way he wants to. I mean, he, it, it would be like, hey, listen— you got one year to pay this note off for this house. Just pay $100,000 a month, and you're going to own this beautiful $100 million infrastructure. And then they come back to you, hey, um, things have changed. You know, now you got to pay uh, pay this for another five more years. You're just going to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm out. So Putin, he just signed up for something, and there's some major cost overruns that he did not calculate here. And it just got, this war just got, a thousand times more expensive and the chances of him winning are just slim to none. Now here's the deal. He sent in 70 missiles. He, he only hit maybe 20 targets. It wasn't significant. Oil prices didn't go up like he expected them to. There wasn't a great effect. And a lot of those missiles were Iranian. Okay. Now here he is going in this, here he is in this bloodbath in this mess he's made. And he's looking at Saudi Arabia reaping the benefits of his war. Saudi Arabia is living like a king. He's signing these massive contracts with China. Saudi Arabia is not getting sanctioned. Saudi Arabia is uh, uh, being wined and dined by China, all the while Putin is in the cold. And so Iran and Putin are in this war together. Iran is in war with Saudi Arabia. I wouldn't be saying, now here's the deal. Putin needs another war to drive oil prices up because the, the, the only thing that keeps Putin in power is oil. If he didn't have oil, it'd be game over. If he was selling, if he was selling sprockets, if his, most of his GDP was cattle or, or gold or, or whatever, he wouldn't matter. He wouldn't be able to keep this war up. It, it, it just wouldn't matter. Okay. But he, oil, oil is important. But he needs oil to be even more. He's about to lose 1.5 million barrels of oil. And he's got expenses greater 
than this country has ever had. They are going to go broke. The first thing, he, he's not going to lose this war because of tanks, because of missiles. He's going to lose this war because of finances. If, if he can't financially support this war, then and he goes bankrupt, then he's going to lose the war. I mean, if he, if he had a printing press like America, Putin could keep fighting this war for eternity, but he can't. So his only option right now is for Iran, Iran to increase the war in Saudi Arabia by dropping bombs on Saudi key oil facilities. Now, here's what would happen. Putin wants to take that one. Right now, Saudi Arabia is selling 1.75 million barrels a day to China. Putin would love to have that market share. He would go from selling 1.7 million barrels a day to China to 1.75 plus 1.72. Imagine, that'd be 3.47 million barrels a day. Imagine Putin replacing Saudi Arabia, increasing his exports to, to, to China to 3.7 million barrels a day. Now he's making a, so much more money. And on top of that, Oil prices are not $80 a barrel anymore. Oil prices are $120, $130 a barrel. That would make Putin the most powerful man in the world. It would fund the war for eternity or until oil prices came back down. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, it, what other option does Putin have? Putin is, is losing his grip on his country. He's, he's losing this battle in Ukraine. He's losing the, the information war. I mean, he's looking horrible to the world, and he's nowhere near in this battle like he thought he would be, okay? But uh, anyways, what do you guys think? What do you guys think's going to happen? What do you think Putin's going to do? I mean, do you think he's just going to keep upping his rhetoric and, and just drop even more bombs that are not seem, it, it, that doesn't seem like it's doing much? And, and even, if, even if they drop more bombs, we're going to just, America's just going to send even more money. I mean, it's going to be this endless battle, this endless battle kind of, kind of like it's in, that's in Yemen. I, I see Putin, I see Putin in Iran um, uh, coming up with a plan in Saudi Arabia. Dude, imagine if, if, if Saudi Arabia lost a third or half of their production. It would make Putin the most powerful man, and it would put Iran in a different position. It would, it would force Iranian sanctions to be reduced, because at that point, it would destroy the u.s economy it would destroy the the number one gdp in the world it would dry up the stock market and nobody wants that and at that point tanks missiles cannot win that war okay the most important thing is money to everybody to to america to putin to iran to saudi arabia it's all about money that's it and Oil prices, if we lost Saudi crude or if we lost Russian crude, it would cause a, such a disruption in, in every economy that it would cause a recession like we've never, ever seen. And we would, it would destroy the world economy. It would destroy the American economy. And we, we could never come back from it. Okay. Wouldn't that be Putin's plan? Because Putin's GDP is not based upon... Anything else other than oil, 80% of his oil, he would, he would still come out okay. He'd be the only one that could come out okay. So if you drop a nuclear bomb, it's game over for him. But if, but if he gets Iran to drop some bombs in Saudi Arabia on some key oil facilities, it doesn't destroy America, or it doesn't destroy Putin. It destroys America, and it makes Putin very rich, keeps him in power, 
and it funds the Ukrainian war. All right, guys, I'm Sean Pruitt, president of Kingdom Exploration. If you like this channel, please subscribe, and we'll talk soon.